Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt-Santee, and I've got Sam Balch with us today. Hello. Hello. Um, So Sam and I are going to talk about a quote from um, Tamar Jacobson's new book called Everyone Needs Attention, Helping Young Children Thrive, um, which I posted on my nerd Facebook page a couple days ago, and it went crazy. And everybody shared it, and everybody commented, and everybody needed to hear it. So um, uh, I hope that people are reading this book in in droves, we'll say. We need the droves to read this. Um, But I also put it on the Instagram page, and then Sam texted me and said that she was having a really strong reaction to it. So Exactly. um, were, uh, it has me shook. It has her shook. That's right. Those were your exact words. So so here's the quote that we're going to start with, but it comes from a section in the book called Children Seeking Attention, parentheses, wanting relationship. Uh, but the quote we're going to start with is, when we replace wanting attention with its negative connotation with wanting relationship, we start thinking of different ways that we can respond. So that's our starting point. And go. Just, like, sit with that for a second. <laughs> like, let that wash over you. I was telling exactly. Heather, I, I read this when there were other children sleeping around me. Mm-hmm. And I saw it on her Instagram page. And I looked at it and I made this noise, like, oh, yes, out loud as children are asleep around me. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, wait, they're sleeping. I can't do that. And for me, it used such few words to capture something that I feel like I've been trying to get at for years. Uh-huh. And, I mean, there's so, where, where should we start? Where, right. where should we start with? God, no kidding. So, um, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, so, so let me just go backwards for a minute and talk about the, the whole book, which uh, Sam hasn't read yet, but I'm Have assured it. is on the, the list. Um, so I, I ordered it several weeks ago and I'm just getting around to reading it. And, and Tamar, I've, I've read previous books that she's written and she is very, um, uh, she's very concerned with, um, the emotional side of things in terms of where children are and what they need from us, but also what the adults need to be aware of about our own emotions and our own history with emotional development. Um, so she spends a good bit of the the beginning of the book talking about um, her own need for attention as a child and how that has, uh, how she now sees that affecting her adulthood. Um, and it's a really, really raw reflective look into um, one particular child who who did not get um, the kind of attention that she needed. And then she moves into um, this section that we're talking about today. And then there's a great one about self-regulation that will probably be another episode. Um, but but so that's what I what I really appreciate is that um, it's not just she is not just saying um, you are a terrible person if you've ever said, oh, that child's just seeking attention. What she's saying is, we have all been conditioned 
yeah to to feel like the correct thing to do and what's best for children is to ignore if they ask for attention in ways that we don't see as worthy or 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 okay um but what she's saying is think about your reaction to that whatever the expression of need for attention is think about your reaction in terms of how is my response going to impact my relationship with this child and um and what does this child really need from me above that sort of behaviorist response that has been conditioned into us all yeah i wonder where did that like thinking about myself it's like who taught me that a child see oh they're just they're just looking for attention mm-hmm. was I, I i cannot remember the first time i heard that but knew it was a negative like nobody has sat me down and said when a child's seeking attention that's that's so bad they shouldn't be doing uh-huh. that i never had like a professor do that oh, to me well you're lucky <laughs> I, I know i know people that have yeah um but i still for so long had that reaction mm-hmm. like oh they're just seeking attention mm-hmm. and i I don't know where that came from. I know it has to be a variety of factors. Sure. Like- I, I think it's it's probably from all directions, honestly. I think um, it's, it's culturally just something, whether you work with young children or not, we've probably all heard someone say about a child, oh, they just want attention or they're just doing that to get what they, to get a rise out of you. That's, a, that's another <laughs> one. They're just trying to get a rise out of you. Um, but, but definitely in when you get into... Um, child development or early childhood education, any kinds of those fields of study. Um, And it's something that I have practiced and felt like made sense to me that if we're, if we're trying to change a child's undesirable behavior, um, we need to look at what, okay, so this, I believe we look at what the goal of the behavior is and that's what we address. But what that often turns into is, well, his goal is just attention. And so I'm not, if I reward that, this negative behavior will continue. Um, but we don't think about what are the child's feelings through that process and how right. does it affect the longer term and, and why is it bad that they want our attention? Um, who, who taught us that attention is a bad thing? Yeah. Who taught us that a child trying to quote get a rise out of you unquote mm-hmm. is like that child is undesirable right like i think a lot of that goes back to what is the image that our cultures have told us a good child should be exactly yeah and that's where my mind went is um what is our view of the child and i think about that a lot um i know that's a big piece of of the reggio Emilia philosophy um is is the view of the child as you know competent Um, And I think and have said many times, that's one of the reasons in the United States, we will never really be able to quote unquote do Reggio because culturally we don't have that same view. And and if you are and again, I'll just say I have been this person. If you are a person who who says um, to a child who is crying or has, um, you know, lost emotional control or you know, hit somebody or whatever. And, and your first response is, oh, he's just doing that for attention. And we're, we're angry and judgy and ready for revenge. All hyperbole, I know. But, but that's an exaggerated description of a typical response. 
um, what is really our view of the child? If, if we're so ready to accept that they are intentionally manipulating us in order to, to get something from us, right. we've got a lot of reflecting to do as the adults in that situation. Exactly. And also that sounds really exhausting. No so if, if you are in this position, like I've been in that position, do not think that any, I, I don't think anybody that's ever worked with young children started out without at least some of those feelings. Sure. Like those feelings are like, you've been conditioned right. to have those reactions and those feelings. Don't beat yourself up about it. Now you know better yes. how you can start to do better and yeah. start to realize when Zachary is throwing objects at you. It's not that necessarily that he wants to hurt you because he hates you something else might be going on yeah and instead of oh just ignore him he just wants attention what would what would be the worst thing that happens if you gave him the attention exactly that's such a good question what happened yeah if if he's asking you for attention what could go wrong i know sometimes when i've brought this up to people i'm like okay so what's the worst that happens if you if you talk to them right now they're like well then the schedule gets messed up Right. Well, then, then I'm giving him all of the attention, and he knows that when he acts bad, he gets my attention. Like, okay, right. what if you go to him and ask him what's wrong? Yeah. What if instead of going there with the intent of just fixing the current behavior, your intent is to build a bridge with this child of, hey, you're throwing stuff. You look mad. Uh-huh. How are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> giving them that space to tell you what's going on you might be late for music uh-huh. which which one has more value to you exactly and, and which, which one did you get into the field to do yeah. like like very few people when I was a when I was a director interviewing people to work with children if I asked you know why do you want to do this work I don't I can't think of any actually who said well I really love um staying on task and being on time and um, exerting power over people who are smaller than me. Um, yeah. They will all, you know, their answer is always, well, I just want to, you know, help them grow and develop and foster them and, and be, you know, what what somebody was for me when I was a child. But, but then we get into the classroom context and we forget that. Yeah. And that, I mean, sidebar, that's where I'm going to say how capitalism has screwed all of our perspectives because we come into this with the intention of building relationships uh-huh. and helping people grow and thrive that will create a just and strong community. <laughs> then we feel such a pressure to be on time, have order, mm-hmm. perform at benchmark standards. <laughs> anyway. Who knew capitalism was coming into this one? But that is, that ties into something that um, Tamar Jacobson says in the book um, a few times is she, she draws a, a parallel between this, well, we can't just reward bad behavior with good attention, with the American ideal of um, you can't just get something for nothing. Yes, that you, whole, if, if you don't work you for it, you don't deserve it. Yeah. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Toddlers yeah. don't have boots. Also, it's literally impossible to pull it's yourself up by bootstraps. That's like the point of the phrase. You literally exactly. can't. Right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So just don't say that. Yeah. So the, the idea seems to be they haven't done anything to deserve my positive attention. So. Oh, it, I, 
that it like, would be wrong and unfair to give it to them. And that there's something in that that if you just that, tweak think, that language, it's suddenly such so much less acceptable. Yeah, I think I honestly think that's the heart of this is that for, for I, I'm going to say for worse in a general sense. Sure. As a culture, both Heather and I are coming from an American context, so mm-hmm. for wherever you four other listeners are from, could be different. Um, we do have. <laughs> we, we have this view that you don't deserve good things unless you're working for them. Like, you come into this classroom and this world deficient, and you have to prove your worthiness. Mm-hmm. No. Yes. <laughs> incorrect wrong yeah every child deserves a loving caring stable relationship regardless of who they are in your classroom who they are outside of your classroom that requires a shitload more work exactly and and (laughs) and knowledge and knowledge and a lot of ability and reflection on Mm -hmm. your part to be aware of like the author of this book Mm -hmm. the ways maybe you didn't get attention as a child and how maybe that has impacted the way you go about things and the way you talk to people and about people and the way you view children. Yeah. Because everything we do as adults stems from coping mechanisms in childhood. How we learned to survive as a child translates to what you do as an adult. Mm-hmm. And that is great and that is horrible. Exactly. <laughs> different ways. And yeah. the more we can sit with that and grow with that and for those negative coping skills transform that the more we can use that with the children that are in our care. Right. And um, it, it certainly is possible if we're, if we're thinking about this in a strictly um, behavior management context, it's certainly possible to, through ignoring, condition a child to stop asking for connection. Oh, yeah. And feel like we have successfully managed misbehavior. But what we have actually done is sent a very clear message to the child that I'm not willing to put any work into this relationship unless you do everything right on your side. And what a damaging message to send repeatedly. Right. And if and if you struggle with the idea of why why that's why a child can't do that, like Mm -hmm. why can't a child just fix everything on their own? I've told them multiple times like there are pictures of expected behavior. Why can't they do this? Mm -hmm. What has helped me recently, I read um, just a little like metaphor about the brain. Mm-hmm. Like your emotional brain is the gas pedal and your thinking brain is the brake. Your thinking brain has not really developed mm-hmm. when you are two, three, four, five. That's when it's growing. Mm-hmm. That's when the child with their all emotional brain that is all go where there are no brakes. Mm-hmm. Someone who has the brakes to step in. Right. Help them come back. It's like the brake pedal that the driver's ed teacher has. Yeah. Over in the other side of the car. If you're getting out of control, then we need that help and that support. Um, and yeah, that's a really good metaphor. Um, I think it's, it goes back to the fact that we expect so much more from young children than we are capable sometimes of even doing ourselves. Yeah. Because in those situations, sometimes it's our own limbic system that has been hooked (laughs) and and our own, you know, problem solving part of the brain hasn't kicked in yet. Um, And we have that emotional reaction to the child expressing that they would like to be in relationship with us. Um, 
and and we haven't developed the skill that we expect them to uh, exercise perfectly all the time. Yeah, and that's hard to, to sit with, yeah. like the idea that I might possibly be deficient as an adult. Like yeah. the minute you can decide as an educator or a teacher, like, I am also a student. I am also out to learn and grow. It's not going to happen instantaneously, but the minute you decide that, you can start to make these changes in a much more intentional and meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then you're not fighting the system. Right. Like, right. And it's, like, the intentionality is what's important more than the perfection. Oh, yeah. Like, like I... I I want to be very clear that, you know, we're using strong language and and it's absolutely something to be taken seriously, but you are not a terrible person if you sometimes slip into this way of thinking. It's that intention and that reflection and that ability to to say, okay, I have a choice here in how I respond to what this child is is showing me. Um, and, And that's difficult work but it's rewarding work and it's really what we all come into the field wanting to do and then lose sight of sometimes in the hectic day-to-day to that end i think in working to try to build relationships with children because now i feel like i'm gonna shift from like i don't think this is up for debate yeah <laughs> i think we all should be doing sure so in trying to build relationships with children you're going to mess up you're going mm-hmm. to slip back into these why are you just trying to annoy me moments mm-hmm. because you're a human person <laughs> who is growing. Yes. That is totally normal. You can apologize to a child. You can tell a child. And should. Yeah, and should often. <laughs> I, sh- I yelled at you. I should not have made my voice that loud. Mm-hmm. And don't add a but when mm-hmm. you do it. But you shouldn't be climbing up there. No, right. no, 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 but no. But you no. kind of deserved it. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> No, it's all about you. I shouldn't have yelled at you that loud. I am so sorry. Yeah. And that child might say it's okay. That child might not say anything. <clears throat> yeah. But we give an apology. We're not expecting something back. We just need to help ourselves try and build that connection mm-hmm. and relationship. Yeah. And to be able to apologize to children and to normalize that will help normalize that for them. When they are having right. social conflict. Right. Even if you don't see an immediate effect of having apologized to a child, it is added to their bank of experiences, which over time build into their development and who they are and what they feel and yeah. how they act. Yep. So important. We, I, th- I think we talk about relationship a lot in the field, but then when we are faced with um, conversations with people about like when I when I'm in conversations with people whether it's online or you know in class or in in my work about relationships there's always that yes it's important but yeah there's <laughs> we, always there's always a yeah sure I, I think relationships are great but yeah uh, only if they deserve it. it or only if it's going well or only and it's I, I mean, for me, there's there's literally nothing more important than that. Like, that's that's what I'm here for. And mm-hmm. that is absolutely exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. to be, like, when your entire job is other people, that is, that is tiring. You, it's yeah. hard. I don't really have the words to explain it yet. Um, but, like, that's why I love being around other people in this field because yeah. they – 
can also talk about it and like, yeah, it's just tiring and you don't need to say anything else because you are so actively working on another person's brain and experiences and perspectives Mm -hmm. from a place of complete caring. Yeah. And that's hard, especially when you don't, you're not with them all day. Yeah. Or especially when you've got other people in your life that you're also building relationships <laughs> with. Like, I come home and I can't talk. I'm just, yeah. I'm tired, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I, when people are like, oh, relationships are important, but, like, I feel like a lot of times that's saying, like, yeah, that, but that's hard. Mm-hmm, exactly. I, I can't do that all day long. Or, oh, but what about, what about the color recognition? What about making sure that they can, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Ooh, why is that your priority? Not well, saying that you're wrong necessarily yet, right? but why is that your priority? And even if that is your priority, if your priority is color recognition and early literacy and STEM or standards or whatever your, your priority is, I 100% guarantee you're going to have more success if all of your children that you're working with feel like they are liked and accepted and safe. Yes. And that and, all comes from relationship. Yeah. And since 1943, when Abraham Maslow made his little pyramid, which I should point out, I learned this recently, was very much influenced by the Blackfoot tribe. He spent some time there with some other anthropologists. Oh, looking cool. at Very interesting stuff. Uh-huh. Um, when, you, when you look at his pyramid, what's at the bottom? Mm-hmm. Physiological needs. Right above that is safety. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you get into all mm-hmm. of the nitty gritty right. little You and, can't do it. It's not just physical safety. It's not just that you have used bleach water on your tables and sanitized your toys and have all climbing surfaces removed. It's emotional safety. And I think that's part of what she's talking about with this. Absolutely. It's knowing that someone is going to be there to catch you when your emotional brain is going 200 miles an hour. Right. And someone's going to help you press the brake, not immediately, not like hold you and remove mm-hmm. you from the room, but come to you and say, wow, you look so mad. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how you're feeling right now. Or and, can I just sit by you? Yeah. Is it okay if I sit here? Yeah. Is yeah. it okay if I watch you? Yeah. Do you want a hug? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh. Yeah. So. I ache. Like I <laughs> ache when I, when, when I hear people like talk about how they can't do those things. It's like you can, I promise you yes, can. Absolutely. So, so, okay. So let's, how can you build relationship? if like you're relationship averse for uh-huh. whatever. There are many reasons why you might be like that. It might be based on your past experiences. Mm-hmm. It might be because you're in a program that's very academic heavy, whatever mm-hmm. it is. My first relationship building advice mm-hmm. is, is pay attention. Yeah. And what does that really mean? And I would say start super small. Start with diapers. <laughs> yes. If you are changing that child's diaper, that is all you are doing. Mm-hmm. You are talking to them about their diaper. You are telling them every move you are making. I'm going to unbutton the sides. Now I'm going to pull it down. Thank you for helping me. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk to them. Oh, I see, you. I see you looking over there. Are you excited to go back and play? I know you are having such a good time building the blocks. Mm-hmm. And even if... You, like, the first few times I did this, I felt like a moron. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> no one's talking to me. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then after a few weeks, after a few months, they're talking back to me. Mm-hmm. Or they walk over, they immediately, I'm going to hold my shirt up. I'm like, oh, thank you. 
Because mm-hmm. now we have a routine. Now we have a relationship. And yes. it started with changing a diaper. It might start with washing hands. Yeah. It might start if somebody falls down and gets a scrape. It's, oh, okay, come on. Let's go get you banded. Like, oh, my gosh, you fell down. Show me where you fell. Ow. That does look like it hurts. Mm-hmm. Do you want someone to come with you while we go get, clean it off? Yeah. Do you want to pick somebody to come? Yeah, let's, let's go clean it off together. Yeah. And, and even if you don't again, get an immediate response or start to get that engagement that you described that you eventually get, it's a constant reminder for you, the adult in the room, if you're handling routines and things in that way, that these are human beings that we are interacting with. It's not a routine that we're going through. It's a human being that we're interacting with, which also helps focus on relationship. These are precious, intimate moments. Mm -hmm. Like there's only so many of them. Mm -hmm. I, I know it seems within a five-day week that you're in the amount of diapers. Change, change 1,700 diapers. God. <laughs> like, there's only so many of those. Yeah. It seems like it's this uncountable number, but eventually it does end. And at the end of all of that, are you going to have a child that, oh, this is, this is a mechanical routine and now we're done. Or are you going to have a child that kind of stores those things back there? And, Man. Have you yeah. cared so much about me? Like, I love being around her. Yeah. Everything's so nice when I'm with her. Yeah, again, it's an accumulation of consistent experiences um, that build into that relationship. It's not one moment that child thinks, oh, they really slowed down that diaper change. I think we're in relationship now. <laughs> like, it, it seriously can be just like little bitty mm-hmm. moments. I, I had a student who who has an older brother who sometimes comes in at drop-off. Uh-huh. And I would just chat with him. I'd let him play with us for a few minutes while grandma's signing brother in. I'd ask him about school. He's in kindergarten. We'd talk for a little bit, and then he'd leave. And I saw him, you know, maybe like two or three times a week. And I, I'm just, you know, being friendly. I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, easy, yeah, that's great. Um, one day as he's leaving, I hear him turn to his grandma and just say, she is so much fun. <laughs> we don't even know each other. I'm not right. his teacher. Like, yeah. I'm just with him, you know, two minutes mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. Like, two days a week. Yeah. And that's his way of expressing. By seeing yeah. him, by re- taking literally two minutes, I just invite him to a table. I'm not even, like, only looking at him. I'm with the other students. I'm talking to him about what he's making. And that's it. Those... Like, I guess the point I'm getting at is you can never really decide how the relationship's going to be built. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen with the things you do. Mm-hmm. The majority of the time, even the small effort is going to build it. Like, this this child, I, I yesterday was my last day at this center with these children, and he came in uh-huh. and gave me a card. And he told me, I'm going to miss you. Aww. We don't, like, <laughs> I, was, I was crying. Uh-huh, like, of course. Like, we don't, like, I'm not even with you all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you twice a week. How how did we build that relationship? It's because I would just spend Right. Um, I would say it comes down to attention. That's it. That, and <laughs> of course he wanted attention. Now, this is not a kid who would come into my classroom and throw things. Uh-huh. There is something to be said for how he was if you are from an outside view, you would say this, that is a quote, good, unquote, kid. Yes. Like, look at him. He's so respectful. He's so kind. He's so articulate. But if you give that to every child, yeah. what do you think they're going to do? Especially the child 
that's throwing things because they know that's going to get them attention. That's in air quotes. Yes. Um, they know that something's going to happen if they do that. What happens if you show them that same care that you do for the kids that always sit at circle time? Mm-hmm. What's the worst that happens? Mm-hmm. If the exactly. worst that happens is they understand that you care about them. Right. right. And honestly, feel- a child who's, you know, throwing something or whatever, and we decide that's attention-seeking behavior and we ignore it, are they going to, what's more likely, are they going to say, okay, I better dial this back a little because that one didn't work? Or are they going to throw more things and intensify? Yeah, or maybe they stop throwing you. things. Yeah. Sure, they stop throwing things, but now they're going to start pushing somebody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you don't respond when I throw stuff, but when I knock Sarah over, yeah. you ran to me. Yeah. And oh, I knock somebody over. Okay. Yeah, again, understanding that it's not an intentional thought process whereby they go through their options for manipulation and decide which one's going to be the most effective. Right. This is, this is just how their brains are are developing and functioning within the skills they have, the experiences they've had, and the relationships they're in. Yes. And, oh, I just, it's so hard. It's, it's so fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) I really can't stress that enough. Um, So that's, I think that's why for me, my first piece of advice is start small. Mm-hmm. And if that looks like making a list of every child in your room and having a timer, being like, this next two minutes is devoted to Timothy. <laughs> Do that. Yeah. See how that goes. One, My very first cooperating teacher when I was in college, the one of the first things she had me do after a week there, she was like, can you make a list of all the kids in the room? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And I write it out and I give it to her. She's like, I want you to pay attention to the kids you listed first and the kids mm-hmm. you listed last. That's good. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> well, How list- dare you? <laughs> oh, you're so sneaky, Allie. Um, the kids I listed first when I did this were I listed the kids I had a great relationship with and the kids I was really working on. I was like, man, yeah. you really need something and I don't know what it is. And the kids I listed last were what – out- probably. You're like, wait, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Exactly. Oh, I said my head, who am I forgetting? Oh, yes. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, one of the reasons she had me do that was she's like, you, you know, the people you listed at the top are the ones that automatically come to your mind. You need to watch so you know that there's stuff going on there. So either you have a great relationship and that's great, keep going, or you might be struggling to form a relationship with that child, which is why they're on the top of your mind. Yeah. And it's at the bottom. Maybe you have a relationship with them or maybe you think they're doing just fine. Mm-hmm. You need to watch them. That's right. That's because- such good advice. Yeah, don't assume that because, oh, they're fine. Like, they're never throwing things. They're never, they never want to play with me. It's so fine. No, you still need to go out right. of your way right. to build a bridge with them. Which they isn't could a- be fine, or they yeah. could have learned it doesn't do any good to ask exactly. for a relationship. <laughs> exactly, And this, like, I, I, that really impacted me. I do that a lot now. Yeah. Like, frequently, I'll just sit there and I'll type up a list of the students I'm working with. I'm like, who am I with? Who am I with? Who's on my brain today? Uh-huh. Who is yeah. who is sort of in the background? And that isn't to say that you're going to have the same relationship with every child. Right. There are some kids that you're not going to connect with as much. Like, there are going to be kids that the other teacher connects with greatly. And when that kid's with you, they're kind of like, yeah, okay, I'd rather be with them. Like, <laughs> okay. 
I like them. That's okay. That's a personality trait. That's temperament. There's because we're all humans living together in this space. Yeah, and that's the way it goes. Exactly. But that doesn't mean you don't get to spend time with them. Yeah. And you don't get to try. Like that's exactly right. You still gotta do it. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's a really good piece to end on. And I would just add as another next step or first step, just what what Tamar Jacobson was was suggesting in the phrase in the in the quote we started with, <clears throat> excuse me, that we just change our language. Yeah. So, so I'm so excited when, to start saying that out loud. Right. When we start thinking, if we find ourselves thinking um, attention seeking to just intentionally say, nope, wait, connection seeking. Um, and see if that exactly I'm such a believer that the the language the the specific words we choose to use are reflective of how we're thinking about things or how we're going to respond and I I think that's why this hit me so hard yeah seriously I'm still shook about it I'm like (laughs) I'm so excited I can't wait to read the rest of the book we should all do a book club I know (laughs) I know I do want to do a book club so, Heather, thanks so much for letting me chat about it. No, I cannot read the rest of it. Like, this is great. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. work is hard, but you can do it. <laughs> there you go. Relationships together. Follow <laughs> Heather on Instagram. You'll learn so many things. All right. Well, thanks, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Thank you, Heather. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you'll come back again for another episode. Goodbye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on.